0: Congratulations, you have just found the number one over 50 health and wellness podcast on the planet Hello and welcome to the over 50 health and wellness podcast. I'm your host Kevin English I'm the founder of the silver edge and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean healthy body That you love for the rest of your life So that you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest strongest most vital version of yourself Today, we have another episode of The Coach's Corner, so no guest, it's just me. And of course, we'll be back next week with our normal interview format. But today, I want to talk about the new Netflix hit documentary titled Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue Zones. Before we get into today's main topic, I want to do a couple of social media shout outs. I think I have shouted out both of these accounts actually in the past now that I look at them. But if I did, they're worth a re-shout out. And they both go along very well with today's theme. So for my fitness social media shout out, I'm going with Max Lugavere. This is a brilliant kid. I say kid, he's he's a man, he's just a young man, uh, but he specializes in nutritional science, brain health, and longevity. He's a best-selling author, and he's the host of an amazing podcast called This Genius Life. You can check Max out over on Instagram. His handle there is at Max MaxLugabere, and that's M-A-X-L-U-G-A-B-E-R-E. And of course, I'll throw that into the show notes for this as well. You guys can find that there. For my personal social media shout out today, I want to shout out Diana Rogers, so Diana Rogers is a, she's a registered dietitian. She's an author, a filmmaker, a speaker. Uh, she's a sustainable agriculture advocate. And she's also the executive director of the Global Food Justice Alliance. And she has some amazing content over on Instagram. And you guys can find her account over there at Sustainable Dish. So that's S-U-S-T-A-I-N-A-B-L-E-D-I-S-H at Sustainable Dish. And again, I'll throw both of those into the show notes. You guys can find that over at silveredgefitness.com slash 227. Are we being blue zone bamboozled? Okay, so most of you listening to this, I'm assuming you've got some interest in health and fitness, maybe weight loss, muscle gain, uh, healthy aging, certainly, you may be aware that on Netflix is a new Netflix documentary miniseries. It's titled Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue Zones, and it's put together by a guy named Dan Buettner. Dan originally wrote a book on the Blue Zones back in 2008, and basically it was lessons from the healthiest place on earth, and it was a big hit hit with the health-minded and longevity community. I know, I don't think it was in 2008 when I found it, but that book eventually found its way onto my bookshelves, and I'm familiar with that book as well. I've read it uh, many years ago now, but this is sort of a repackaging, right? So he has, the, the same author now, has produced this beautiful documentary series all about the blue zones and what makes them so different and why people in the blue zones tend to live so long, why they have such great longevity. So let's back up a little bit, just in case you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. So what exactly are the Blue Zones? So Blue Zones are areas of the world where there is the highest percentage of centenarians, that is, people who live to be 100 years old or more. And in this mini-series, we're presented with five Blue Zones, and these are Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda in the United States and California in the U.S. I want to start out the conversation by saying I think the Netflix documentary is fantastic and it creates a compelling juxtaposition to our modern culture and society, especially here in the U.S. and that of folks in the Blue Zones. While the Loma Linda Blue Zone might be an exception, the other folks in the Blue Zones live very traditional lives and bear very little resemblance to our modern fast-paced cultures. But let's take a step back and look where we are in the Western world today, especially here in the United States. First of all, diet-related disease is the leading cause of death here in the United States. And for the first time in modern history, our life expectancy is actually dipping. Our medical spend is astronomical, but in spite of this fact, we're getting sicker and fatter, not healthier and leaner. In fact, the United States has the highest healthcare spend in the world. Annually, we spend $4.3 trillion, that's trillion with a T, which works out to about $13,000 per person, and that's close to 18% of our GDP. And yet, we're one of the unhealthiest populations on the planet. And the Blue Zones documentary does a beautiful job of pointing out exactly why this is, but I do have a couple of concerns with the show and let's start with the smaller concern. This one's a little nitpicky and it has to do with alcohol consumption. So in the Icaria Greece segment, the host, Dan, observes that centenarian Icarians drink wine in moderation. In fact, Dan ends his segment on Icaria with the following statement, quote, people in Icaria have been drinking the same wine for over 100 generations and they're living the longest. For me, That's enough of a connection to allow me to enjoy my glass of wine at the end of the night, end quote. Now, I'm sorry, but unless you're living in Icaria, drinking a glass of their pristine wine every evening, you are not increasing your longevity. The bottle of Chardonnay or Pinot Noir that you're getting from the supermarket or even from the specialized wine store isn't even in the same universe as the Icarian wine, and it's shortening your lifespan, not lengthening it. Their wine is made from pristine grapes that are aged in small batches and these underground clay vessels. And not only have these grapes never seen anything even resembling a pesticide or an herbicide, it's likely that that entire island never has. Now, contrast that to mass-produced wine. And if you bought your wine in any kind of a store, it's mass-produced. And any health-promoting benefits the Icarians see from their wine is simply not present in yours. Now, Dan goes on to double down on this statement on his website, which is bluezones.com, where he puts wine drinking in his power nine. These are the top nine behaviors that he believes are responsible for longevity. The website states, quote, moderate drinkers outlive non-drinkers. The trick is to drink one to two glasses per day with friends and or with food. End quote. Again, Check out the show, but the wine we drink here in the United States isn't even close to what the Koreans are drinking. So for Dan to just give us this advice, hey, drink one to two glasses of wine a day to increase our longevity is just plain ridiculous and will in fact decrease your longevity. But my real problem with this documentary is the message that meat will reduce your lifespan and that the healthy way to eat is fully or mainly plant-based. I have this concern that this documentary and its popularity will only add fuel to the current demonization of meat consumption. So meat consumption, especially beef, or I should say specifically beef, is being demonized and is being politicized. We're being told that eating meat is destroying the climate, giving us heart attacks, causing toxic masculinity, and that you'd need to be some sort of far-right, racist, neo-Nazi nut job to not get on board with the meat-is-bad-for-us-in-the-planet narrative. Never mind that humans have been eating meat for as long as... I mean, we've been eating meat for as long as we've been human. Now, those of us who grew up in the seventies, we were told that red meat was full of cholesterol and would give us heart attacks. And now we're being told that cow farts are destroying our planet by obliterating the ozone layer. And I got to say, one of the funniest things in the world to me is watching some of these famous climate activists fly around the world in private jets to give speeches on the environmental dangers of cattle. But here's the deal. According to the EPA, only 10% of all greenhouse gas emissions come from all of agriculture, with power, industry, and transportation, respectively, making up over three quarters of all greenhouse gases. And of those 10% of total greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, the EPA goes on to report that the impact of livestock production in the U.S. on greenhouse emissions is 4.2% with 2.2 percent coming from beef cattle, 1.4 percent coming from dairy cattle, and the remainder coming from other livestock. So, according to the EPA, only 2.2 percent of greenhouse gas emissions are coming from the beef we eat. Yet, In spite of this, we see crazy shit like this. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said, and I quote, New York City is leading the world when it comes to combating climate change because we're using every option on the menu in our fight. And that includes changing our menus too. This new emissions report shows us that plant-powered food isn't just good for our physical and mental health, but good for the planet as well. We've already made great strides in reducing our food emissions by leading with plant-based meals in our public hospitals and introducing plant-powered Fridays in our public schools. Now, we know we need to go further, and that's why today we're committing to reducing the city's food-based emissions at agencies by 33% by 2030 and challenging our private sector partners to join us by cutting their food emissions by 25% in the same time period. The way we eat impacts everything, and now we're going to do more to impact everything for the better, end quote. But here's the deal. Meat and eggs are the last bastion of nutrient-dense foods that we have left here in the Western world. The vegetables that we get from Whole Foods or Trader Joe's in the organic section are not the same ones our ancestors ate, and they are definitely not the same ones our friends in the Blue Zones are eating. Today's vegetables are grown on industrial farms in nutrient-depleted soil with pesticides and herbicides being used. And yes, produce labeled organic are treated with pesticides and herbicides, but rest easy, these are organic pesticides and herbicides. On the other hand, the Blue Zone people are eating vegetables grown by themselves in nutrient-dense soil. Furthermore, our vegetables have been selectively bred by big agriculture for sweetness shelf life, not for nutrient density. If you've ever eaten any wild plants, you know how bitter they taste. We've selectively bred all or most of that bitter taste out to try and keep up with the market's demand for sweeter and sweeter tastes. But the phytonutrients that give that plant its bitter tastes are the ones with the greatest health properties. In the Blue Zone documentary, they claim that 95% of dietary intake of the people living in these Blue Zones are from plant-based foods. Now, note that this 95% of plant-based foods is not coming from impossible burgers or tofu dogs, but from real nutrient-rich plants. Many of us being fed the meat-is-bad narrative are switching to foods that make us sicker, not healthier. We're not giving up meat to eat vegetables we've grown in our own gardens. The Blue Zones documentary goes on to claim that people in the Blue Zones eat about 20 pounds of meat per year, and that's compared to here in the U.S., the average person eats 220 pounds of meat per year. And furthermore, on the Blue Zones website, they publish their food guidelines, and this is a familiar pyramid graphic, and at the base is the advice to eat 95 to 100% plant-based. It says, quote, go easy on fish, fewer than three ounces three times weekly, end quote. Other advice is, quote, eliminate eggs, end quote, and the very vague advice of, quote, reduce dairy, end quote. Now, there's lots of good advice in this pyramid. There's things like slash sugar, snack on nuts, and drink mostly water. That's all very solid advice. But I want to bring up Max Lugavere. So Max is a source of nutrition expertise that I highly respect in the health and wellness space. And recently he posted about this Blue Zones by bringing to our attention a 2002 research paper titled Total Meat Intake is Associated with Life Expectancy, a cross-sectional data analysis of 175 contemporary populations. Now, this research found that meat intake predicts higher life expectancies across all 175 countries, even after for controlling for variables like education and GDP. The paper concludes that, quote, our statistical analysis results indicate that countries with the greater meat intake have greater life expectancy and lower child mortality. This relationship is independent of caloric intake, socioeconomic status, obesity, urbanization, lifestyle, and education, end quote. There is also good evidence that the amount of meat eaten in these blue zones has been dramatically underreported. Diana Rogers, the executive director of the Global Food Justice Alliance, she's an author, a filmmaker, and a sustainable agriculture champion, cites evidence for each of the blue zones in this documentary, where they typically consume more animal product than the film and the website lead us to believe. And I'll link to that article in the show notes here for those of you that are interested in that. And I'll just throw an antidote in here as well. The only blue zone that I've been lucky enough to visit is Nicole. Costa Rica. So back in the mid to late eighties, I did a pretty good amount of dirtbag traveling around, especially in Central America, mostly for surfing, but also just to explore the world a little bit. And while I was there in Nicoya, I did eat a decent amount of meat, mostly seafood, eggs, and a little bit of chicken. And it's not like I was staying in any fancy gringo hotel. There weren't any back then. I have no idea if there are some now, but I was just eating what everybody else was eating. Most mornings we'd have gallo pinto, which is a delicious rice and black bean combo. And that's typically served with a couple of eggs. Lunch would often be some sort of starchy yam type thing with lots of fresh fruit and maybe a piece of fish or perhaps some ceviche. And then dinner would be either more seafood or chicken with more rice, beans, plantains, things like that. But Everything was made from scratch there. Not a single thing came out of a package. At any rate, I am truly baffled by the whole meat is bad propaganda that we're being fed so heavily right now. And when we make statements like meat is bad, are we lumping in unhealthy garbage food like deli meat and hot dogs with superfoods like grass-fed and grass-finished beef or eggs? I can see how we might come to the conclusion that meat could be bad for our health if we took the average person eating the standard American diet, whose main meat consumption is deli meat, bologna, hot dogs, and fast food burgers. Plus, these same people are probably chugging sodas and subsisting on ultra-processed crap. If we compare that person with a health-conscious vegetarian, we would of course expect the vegetarian to have better health outcomes and probably better longevity as well. But to look at the guy eating fast food and hot dogs and say that all meat is unhealthy is patently absurd. Now look, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I really don't, and I'm trying really hard not to be, but when I see all this crazy shit about meat being bad for the environment, being bad for our health, and that in fact we are bad people for choosing foods that actually optimize our health, I get so frustrated. Let's be honest. Those of us that are buying into the meat is bad for the planet story aren't rushing out and starting our own gardens like they are in the blue zones, not even close. Let's face it, we're substituting meat with crappy, unhealthy meat alternatives and other ultra processed foods. I mean, it's almost like there's billions and billions of dollars to be made from a sick and compliant citizenry. Okay, I'm getting a little worked up here. Let me get off my soapbox. Let me just finish this diatribe with this What do you want? What are your goals? I have a couple of different nutrition coaching certifications, and one of them is with a company called NCI. It's Nutritional Coaching Institute. They're fantastic, by the way. Those of you that are thinking about getting into nutrition coaching, highly recommend. But at any rate, they teach a concept that I love, and it's called the Triangle of Awareness. And the basic concept is this. There are different dietary protocols for different goals. And those goals are aesthetics, performance, and longevity. So imagine a triangle with a top point being aesthetics, the lower left point being performance and the bottom right being longevity. The idea is that there are different nutritional strategies based on which goal you select. And furthermore, the closer you are to one extreme, say aesthetics, the further away you are from the other two, in this case, performance and longevity. And let's be honest, most of us are chasing the aesthetic goal which, not to be too crude, could be defined as we want to look good naked. So all of you out there who maybe want to lose some fat, you maybe want to build and tone a little bit of muscle, you fall into that group. And fueling yourself for this goal is radically different than fueling yourself for the goal of, I want to live to be 105 and I don't care how I look or how well I perform. So if you're someone who has a fat loss or a muscle building goal, you're going to need to fuel yourself for that goal. All right, let's bring this home. I started out this whole diatribe by saying I love the Blue Zones documentary, and I think everyone should watch it. And even after all my bitching about eating meat and meat is bad, I still stand by that statement. There is way more good than there is bad in this miniseries. Here in the US, we've lost so much of the traditional wisdom that is showcased so beautifully in this documentary. Most of us live lives that are so far removed from the traditional ways of living that most of the people do in these blue zones. We sit at desks in our sedentary jobs all day. We eat a bunch of processed crap. We're surrounded by toxins. We're chronically stressed. We've lost our sense of purpose. We've traded spirituality for hero worship. We've lost our sense of community. Most of us live in suburban and urban areas, and this documentary really brings home what we've given up. We've traded our health and our vitality for convenience. We've replaced community with political divisiveness, all in the name of progress. But are we really progressing? I suppose it comes down to your view of progress. Okay. That's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put links to everything we've talked about in the show notes, and you can find that over at silveredgefitness.com 227. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. The first is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons. And for you podcast folks to please give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss future episodes. I really appreciate you spending time with me today. And until next time... Stay strong.